This episode of Sexy Marriage Radio is brought to you by Naked Bed, a sensual sheet designed to help you let go and enjoy more of God's incredible gift of sex in marriage. It lays straight across your current bed. Think of it as protection from all of the other elements and oils and different things that can possibly impede a relaxing, enjoyable time together because you're thinking about the mess. You can also think of it as lingerie for your bed. Totally change the environment just by change how it looks on your sheets. Naked Bed, a sensual sheet, is designed to help you take away the fuss and the mess and relax. Learn more by going to sensualbedding.com. Enter the word sexy at checkout to receive a free bottle of massage oil. Well, you're listening to Sexy Marriage Radio. I'm Dr. Corey Allen, joined by my wife, Pam. Hey, everyone. Where we're having straightforward, honest conversations about everything that goes on behind closed doors in your relationship, hopefully, or maybe between your own ears in your relationship, <laughs> or yeah. what comes out of your mouth in your relationship, because we <laughs> want to be the ones that help uh, frame some conversations and help give you different ways to look at what might be going on in your married life and the struggles that we all can have when it comes to married sex, because we really do do believe that married sex is the hotbed for sex. Absolutely. It's the sacred blessed area, and it can be so much more than maybe we even thought or imagined it could be. So if you want to get a hold of us uh, with any kind of question or thought or concern or issue you want us to address, uh, you can give us a call, leave a voicemail at 214-702-9565. You can send us an email, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. You can also jump on iTunes and leave us any kind of review that you that you like the show uh, that helps us climb the charts. We're now over 500 total reviews. Which is so great. It really is. Thanks to everybody. And so this is Sexy Marriage Radio. Um, we're kind of into uncharted waters as we transition into whatever Sexy Marriage Radio 3.0 is going to be. And so Pam is uh, graciously and willingly filling in. Uh, as my co-pilot. Excited to be here. <laughs> so uh, one of the things that I do want to let people know right off the bat, though, is uh, the Sex and Marriage Radio Getaway. Maybe you've not heard of it. Maybe you have. And maybe you're on the fence wondering, hmm, I really would like to go. I'm not quite sure. But this is four days of a getaway with your spouse, um, with Pam and I. Um, and it truly gonna, is a getaway. It really is. And it's some fantastic teaching, some fantastic uh, in-depth conversations that we'll have that you'll get to have with your spouse, plus true getaway time to enjoy DFW, um, the hotel, the environment, just time with your spouse in the lab, if you will. You can sleep in. You can do yoga with us in the mornings. Absolutely. Or and so not. If you're thinking of coming, um, the early bird special rate is going away April 15th which that's a a date near and dear to my wife's heart. Near and dear, baby. (laughs) Just because that's also closer to the end of tax season and she gets to breathe again. But um, sign up by going to uh, simplemarriage.net forward slash getaway and you can get more information. But if you want to come, we'd love to see you June 21st to the 24th. Um, It truly is a fantastic time together with other like-minded people and but more importantly, a great four days with your with your spouse. So Pam, I got a question for today's show as we get started. Um, one of the things that has come across the inbox quite a bit uh, is this theme, if you will, of husbands that they're basically stating, 
I don't see initiations coming from my wife sexually. You're not alone. Okay. <laughs> well, all right. So as from the voice of, of that, uh, capturing it for the audience, there you go. Uh, this has been a great show. Um, no, uh, it's one of those that it, it's because I think we get caught up in this mindset as, as people or as higher desires. And I'll, I'll frame this um, just in the, um, in the mindset of husbands as, as a husband. I get caught up in the mindset that my wife... Uh, will have sex on her brain like I have it on mine. Which, yeah, you're not you're not equal in that. No. Just like we say, there's a high and a low desire for pretty much everything in life. Um, this is no different. This is definitely one of those keys, true. Uh, but it is one of those things that it, it, what's interesting to me is husbands, uh, to be the voice of the husbands that I see and hear, um, there's still an element of I want to be pursued and wanted sexually. And one of the manners in which that is fulfilled is through sexual initiation from my mate. So if they, if, if they don't see their wife or their mate, whichever is the higher desire, low desire, if they don't see, have that, what they perceive as initiation, then they are not feeling wanted. I think there's an element of that, absolutely, that, okay. that maybe I'm not, maybe I'm in this thing alone. Maybe I'm the one that has to carry more than the lion's share on, on this dynamic and aspect of my life, and then, in fact, my marriage. And so there is an element of how do I um, view if my wife does not initiate? And where I want to go with this conversation is I want to shift it a little bit, as we're prone to do on Sexy Marriage Radio with the topics we cover, is we really try to hone in on what's each party's role in this, because this is not bash one side of the equation shows. No, no, no. This is, we each play a role in co-creating this thing. And so one of the things that's vitally important to me is I need to look at my own role and it could be how I'm viewing what's going on. Because I posed this question to my husband mastermind groups and to the Sexy Marriage Radio Academy and got some great insight back because a lot of them made the comment, one of them really succinctly stated yeah, I fall victim to this too, of that I don't see my wife as initiating. And so then I have to recognize, one, she's not me. And two, I didn't marry myself. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> yes, indeed. Because that we need would, some spice. We that need would some... lead, yeah, the, the differences create the variety in the energy between us. Yeah. Rather than if I married someone who was just like me, that's going to get pretty boring and monotonous pretty quickly. And I don't think we think of it that way, that a lot of times what really irks me about the fact that I don't see my wife initiating is actually could be really good energy if I'll look at it right. And how is that? How is it good energy? Well, because I would think it, then it starts to become sort of like a puzzle, if you think about it that way, a, a thing to solve. And it's not, I need to solve her. It needs, I need to solve me and how I approach it. Maybe that's a better way to frame it because some of the emails that have come in on this um, I've replied back to him and created a little quick dialogue with some of the listeners. And I asked the question, because these came from husbands, and I asked the questions, okay, so explain to me the difference. If she doesn't initiate, does she respond to your initiations, though? And yeah. their answers were, for the most part, yes. That they she'll follow along, she'll be responsive to it. And I didn't get into how energetic and vibrant and adventurous are the responses 
you know, because it's I'm doubting it was I've just been waiting for you to make a move. It's probably okay. I could be on board with that. And, okay. And so they kind of follow along. So then I re- I reply right back with okay, how what if that responsiveness by them is actually their initiation? Huh. Let me soak that in for a second because I I I like that idea if coming from the point of view of the low desire person. I'm interested in sex, right? I got to think a lot of the lower desire folks out there are very interested, right? Absolutely. I think that's true. Maybe not confident in an initiation. Maybe that it's, it's not necessarily on the forefront of the mind, but something that is still desired and wanted in the relationship and wanted with a spouse. But just because there's not an initiation doesn't mean I'm not, totally into it when it's happening true and that that's enjoyed right because i think there's a difference between lower desire and no desire oh certainly and and one thing for the sake of this conversation we've got to differentiate those two aspects because even still no desire does not mean no interest does not mean no enjoyment. You know, there, you can go. We can go way down a rabbit hole on okay. th- on this if you want. And I don't. I don't want to do that on the show. But it's it's still seeing it as okay. This is assuming that it, within the relationship, sex does occur on whatever kind of a regular basis. And regular could even be monthly. But it's assuming that there is some level of functional sex happening in the relationship. Both parties enjoy it. They see the importance of it. They make the time for it. So then it starts to come down to the semantics of how does it happen? Because sex does not happen by accident. No, there's there's intention mm-hmm. behind at least one, hopefully both of you, for for that interaction sure. to happen. Well, and I think the difference is you, you pointed on it just a little bit ago, Pam. The idea of um, it's not on your radar, I mean, cause so right now, just personal behind the behind the curtain conversation, real quick with you in the middle of tax season. I know full well as as you are bombarded at work for the multiple multiple hours you're spending there every day that sex is not on the radar for you unless I'm the one kind of bringing it up to the surface. Well, <laughs> sure, sure, yeah, and you've, I mean, you've brought that up in a prior episode and it's it's not shock value by any means and I'm sure that there's all kinds of people out there listening that they've got the same thing whether it's something at work or life issues going on with sure. family or whatever the case that there's things that uh, seasons in your life get pushed to the back burner and sometimes that is it for that this is you know sexual um interactions are the things that get pushed to the side because right Everything else gets pushed to the forefront. Right. And we can fall victim to thinking that just because it's not on the radar means there's no interest, means there's no appeal, means there's no enjoyment. Right. And I I think that a majority of the time that's not the case. It's not that there's no appeal, there's no enjoyment. It's just that, help me out here. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's I, I'm in that <laughs> spot and I'm in that season. It's like, come on, honey, help me out here. Okay. Take the lead. and. You know, we've talked about this before and that in in every aspect of life, whether it's social gatherings or at church or at work or in your relationship, there's a leader. Yes. Someone has to be a lead in every aspect because that's the higher desire, lower desire yeah. dynamic. And there's even a higher desire, lower desire on leadership. 
Yeah, there is. There is. And so I'd say a majority of the time that leader is the leader. It's not like you go to your social organizations and they have a new president every day. <laughs> you don't you don't do that. There right. is a structure within um with within any relationship or organization and that's I I don't think that it's wrong for a marriage to really have that even in different aspects within your marriage. There's someone right. that takes leadership in the finances, there's someone that takes mm-hmm. leadership potentially in in maybe bigger decisions that you make. And I think that there is probably some sort of natural role that is taken in the sexual aspect too, and that's okay. Who's who's initiating? Who's leading this thing? Yeah. yeah, and I think that that's where maybe we need to kind of wrap up this kind of this aspect of the show here is looking at the dilemma and the dynamic between higher desire and lower desire, and in the framework we're using, we're talking about it in the husband wife context context that the the wife. Maybe her initiation is her responsiveness. And so maybe one of the things she could do is up the overtness of her responsiveness. That if he is the one that's initiating or he's making a comment or one of the things that Dr. Glover mentioned on a show in the past, back in the archives not too long ago, was he encourages men to start blurting and acting on impulse more, which means I just start saying the thoughts I've got and... The phrases, and a lot of them would have sexual connotation and innuendo to it, and maybe some of those trigger something in a wife. Well, make sure he knows that it triggered. Make sure that you let your response be seen. Yeah, I think that's a that's a good point that he brings there. Number one, the man just standing up and saying, here's what I'm looking for. That's a, that's a sexy thing, mm-hmm. as long as it's not a condescending, you know. I mean, everybody right. has to look at at the way that they communicate and if right. it's from a whole and pure heart or if it's just a, I don't know. I, I, don't, I mean, <laughs> right. you guys understand. <laughs> right. No, is, is, it, a, is it a solid, congruent, authentic message thank or you. am I playing a game and it's clear all I'm doing is playing a game? Right, exactly. But it, yeah, I think it's important from the spouse, the other spouses on the receiving end of that to Again, this is opening the lines of communication. What is it that turns something on in me? What is it that maybe lights a fire? And you saying that, whatever it was you just said that flew up, that came off your mouth that maybe wasn't something you would have said in the past, you know, I really like that. Yeah. Or even if it's something that totally turns you off, you know what? Let him know that one yeah. too because... It's all good information Ooh, to know. Yeah, let's let's be armed so we're supporting each other in it. Kind of being a student of, of yep, one another. It is. That's a great phrase: is to be students of each other. And sometimes I've got to be a better teacher as my student is trying to learn me. Yeah, maybe. And so I need to be able to say, "Hey, you know what? That worked." Or no, that <laughs> that didn't work. And that's, that's part of us navigating this better because then I think it comes down to the husband's side of this or the higher desire to be starting to look at this as my job is to initiate. My job is to be more upfront, be more authentic, be more real about it. And so how do I, if she responds, if she makes a comment, um, if she blushes, if she giggles, if she, that's could be interpreted possibly as initiation from her of like, I'm into this. I like this. 
this is a good dynamic we have. Yeah. And so what if I was able to start to see that as she wants me? Yeah. And that then in turn is pursuit still. And maybe that changes the equation a little bit. Maybe that softens it. I don't know. I mean, I'm curious to hear from listeners of, of what do you think? About this, I'd love to have a dialogue about this. So, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com or 214 702 9565. So, is responding initiation, right? Quote unquote. Yeah, I think that that I think I'd be curious to hear. Can it be? Yep. And how does that play out in your life? Because I would be, I would be really interested to hear because this does not completely satisfy the I want to be wanted because that's more than just sexual. Yeah. This is the entirety of our life. And I think that's a human condition thing that we want is, yeah. is I want to be wanted. But maybe this is an easier way to start to confront some of the dilemmas that we have within sex that are going to be exposed because sexual insecurities are going to be exposed. Um, sexual uncertainties and naivete is going to be exposed. Mm-hmm. Um and, and it's just one of those things, as we learn and as we develop more and more, hopefully then we start to utilize the relationship to be a, a better dynamic of our own development. And I start to realize, I don't need to be ashamed of the fact that I'm interested in sex, or I don't need to be ashamed of the fact that what you said that might have come across a little crude um, from the normal way we do life, that actually worked. That was actually a turn on. Right. You know, that, that was... Yeah. I kind of that can certainly happen. Yeah. I kind of liked that actually, and and now that's me having to confront me better in the presence of my partner. Which that's when married life gets really good. Mm-hmm. That adds the flavor. It really does because it it utilizes the energy and the power between us better of what we're trying to create. Which I think is a good segue into the second topic I want to cover okay. with this episode. And this is back to one you and I have done. Um, towards the end of last year, the first of this year in in 2018, where we just made a comment on an episode. The, the emailer uh, from the listener just says, "I'm Corey and Pam love the show. Sitting here listening to the show on lusting versus longing, and heard you bring up the idea of bringing triggers out in the open. That sounds crazy, scary, and threatening to me. So can you please unpack that more? And so this goes back to two different episodes we did." where one was on the concept of what do we do after the discovery of your spouse's porn usage. Right. And then two, that then, in a, in a comment you made in passing during that episode, you said, well, that's we, there's a difference between being longed for versus being lusted after, which then we followed that up with another episode on that. And, and so to help kind of frame this, I've got a couple of clips from those shows okay. to help us frame and get, and get the audience caught up. Whatever journey it is, I, I can only be responsible for me. I can't make Corey, I can't make Corey look away from things. Right. But I've got to be good with where I am and who I am. Well, and that's the idea—the power of of two growing, solid, uh, trying to make themselves more attractive in their own eyes. Life. Yeah. That. It's, it's the power of being able to say, okay, yeah, I realize there are other attractive things in this world we live in. You know, God put together some people really well and uh, from a physical standpoint. Right. So what I can do with that, though, is recognize, okay, that's not as much of a threat if I'm living 
a full life and my partner is trying to do the same. Because I'm a big believer, 100% of our sexual energy needs to be steered towards our marriage. Yes, That doesn't mean 100% of our sexual energy comes from our marriage, though. I know I said that, but I really like that statement. (laughs) You're pretty proud of that one. (laughs) I really am. Because I think it's vital important to hear and know that we, we have in the world we live in, in the society. I mean, that's what helped kind of frame the conversation we just had, that society has helped skew some of what the dynamics between men and women are by painting women maybe much more sexually aggressive than they really are. And so it, it's important, I think, to realize I need to steer my sexual energy to my marriage. I keep it all in encased in what I do with my sexual energy that stays in the context of my marriage. But it's not always going to come just from my marriage. Right. Because we live in a world that has a lot of triggers and a lot of visual stimuli and a lot of things that will trigger and arouse us. Right. right? right. So that's, that sta- that's the first set of this on creating the stage of what am I doing with my energy and where does it come from? Now, here's the second clip to go a little further. If I, if I get a trigger, do I share it? Is it in the open with my spouse? I think that's a bigger difference. So keeping that communication piece open. So there's not barriers there. Right. And I think there's a lot of marriages that if you share a trigger with a spouse, they see that as a huge threat. There's jealousy, there's a major reaction to it. It's an insecurity hit to a spouse. And it's like, wait, hold on. you know. And so this is a, a marker of our own growth, of how willing and able is our relationship at confronting these things and dealing with these things in the open, knowing humanness of each of us, knowing the striving and the, and the companionship we're longing for. And we're driving towards together because that's where all of a sudden you take something that could be seen as an insecurity trigger and a threat and you disarm it. And now all of a sudden it starts to be something you can use to enhance. Absolutely. It's a sword that you can use just to battle against whatever's driving at you. Exactly. All right. So how does that happen? How do you how do you share the trigger? Well, okay, maybe that's it. Maybe that's two things we need to deal with. Is one the whole concept of sharing the trigger if need be? Yep. Because I I don't I don't know. Tell me if you think I'm wrong, Pam. Um, it's not that I have to share everything that triggers me in my life. Sometimes I'm just aroused by things that they're not definitive triggers. It's just I woke up in a particularly aroused mood. Well, and, and don't you need to go both ways here? It's it's triggers that arouse you, but there's also triggers that drive a barrier between you. And so, it, you know, back on that topic of, uh, you know, finding out about the porn usage, there's different things that trigger negative thoughts, too, sure. that would hinder, you know, opening up about more future, future um, sexual um, encounters, yes. things like that, right? So right. there's there's things like just a date that rolls around, yeah. And because that date rolls around, there's a trigger for me because it's a reminder of okay, of so maybe something that happened. So then, in essence, we could almost categorize these things as you got a, a negative category of triggers and you got a positive category of triggers, right? Right. 
And those can be different and, and have different meanings for each person. And those could be reversed. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they certainly could. But I, th- I think there's certainly things that, um, yeah, maybe it's, it's probably a good idea for you to understand that when this happens, if you, and some of them are s- maybe sound silly, but they're real. Maybe if you sigh in a certain way, that's a trigger for me. <laughs> yes, it could be. And I, I want to just at least interject that it's the goal isn't, okay, I need to now stop sighing in a certain way so that no. I don't no, no longer trigger you because I need to make sure my life is completely in line with what you want it to be. No, no that is not, that, that's off the rails to me. Of it's, that's where both of us need to recognize, okay, what's the motivation and the rationale behind the trigger of why the sigh is interpreted that way versus why am I sighing? What's that about with me? Yeah. As well. And yeah, it kind of goes both ways. If if that's something that, that bothers me, that might be something that I've got to put out there and say, hey, I've got an issue with this. I'm trying to figure it out. I just want you to know that that, that may right. be why I'm kind of off kilter today. Sure. And I'm trying to figure it out internally. Okay. But that helps you understand... Absolutely. The playing field okay. a little bit. Yeah. You understand the playing field. She's off balance. She's working on it. It's not my deal to make her work on it or to fix it for her. But mm-hmm. if I understand that, that helps me deal with it on and the I, other side. And I think if a couple is bringing to bear in their relationship, this, this whole dynamic of we're each in the process of growing and developing and maturing, that when I see my spouse do that and confront themselves in my presence, that's actually a huge turn on. Oh yeah. Just for life, not just sexually, just for life. It's like, you know what? Hey, I can be with somebody that's taking care of themselves better. That's handling themselves better. Yeah. That's attractive. I want that. Yeah. Um, But let's go. I want to go to the other side too. Cause I heard, I heard this as, okay. So if I have a positive trigger, I like the context of, so, you know, I, Something I was just driving along and I saw something that was not my mate, but it really turned me on. I mean, th- how about we say someone that was not my mate instead of something? Well, <laughs> no, because I could also think it, it could be the illusion of th- okay, of something. sure, you know, I'm sure, reading, I got gotcha. you. I'm following because if you go at it from the context of male female, there's still a lot of erotic literature that's not yeah, I'm with you. Porn, but it's porn. <laughs> You know, that it turns us on because it's the illusion, it's the fantasy, it's the, the longing of something. And and that can be a threat to a spouse of, wow, I don't like that you're turned on by something else. And so, to me, point blank, if I had a client that was in my office and this kind of conversation came up and the spouse was like, I'm really threatened by that, I would look them square in the eye and say, well, part of that, you're just going to have to grow up and realize the world we live in, that's where we live. Okay. That's, that's the, that is the environment we're in. My follow-up question would be then to their spouse, what do you do with that arousal? Because yeah. that's what matters to me. Yeah. If I linger and I figure out ways, like let's go to the scenario of um, I, I, I'm driving along and I'm, I see lots of attractive ladies. And so I make sure I drive that route every single day. Well, hold on. There's an issue there. There's, yeah, that's my action is now in line, not in line with what I'm saying of trying to steer all of my sexual energy to my marriage. I'm actually trying to get aroused from other things. That's my action. Yeah. So 
I want to take that out of the equation because it's important to realize that's a different dilemma altogether. But it is there is still that element of wait, I just I'm being bombarded here or I keep I saw this and it really turned me on. Now how do I bring that out into the open when I'm trying to now steer that to my mate? Cuz that's the struggle. That's the scary part. Yeah. Cuz what do you do? Maybe you don't bring it up in the open right out front. Cuz that's kind of like what what good does that really do you? But if she looks at you and goes, "What really what 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 got you going so different today?" How do you answer that? Well, <laughs> that's a good question. Are you a good student of your mate to know how they're going to respond? Well, you have some history to go on. Yep. And if, and if you're feeding right into an insecurity, it's probably not best to just come full on, well, let me describe the scene to you. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to. But it could just be, I just, I, I saw such and such today and it made me think of you. It made me want to get with you as quick as I could. Yeah. That's a different connotation, and maybe the meaning can shift from that for both of you then. It, as long as all the aspects of your life are coming from integrity, right? And, and you see in one another that, that the, um, the purpose and the intent behind how you feel your spouse is coming at life, not just the sexual aspects mm-hmm. of life, but the rest of it. Yeah. When you're coming from integrity, how can your spouse not help but see, okay, they're they're coming after me, their intentions are pure, and they're working really hard to okay. to uh, focus their sexual energy on me as the spouse. I love where you're going with that, but we have to at least acknowledge sometimes they don't see that until we've really blown it up, and then I come back to it. So the initial time this is brought to the bear of the relationship, yeah. it may not go well. Yeah, truly. It might shut it down. You know, you could be totally aroused and you're trying to steer it towards your your mate or your wife. And she's like, that really strikes a huge insecurity in me. I'm not at all interested. I'm actually re- repulsed by that. No, take care of that yourself or good luck on good on you or, okay. But maybe then she goes, okay, hold on. This could have been something that was steered towards me. This could have been a good thing that I get to reap the benefits of. I need to be better at handling you. It, it, all takes, of you. it takes a maturity all the way around. It really does. And that's not something that just happens day one. No, we, we suck at this. Yeah, in general. <laughs> and, and a lot of times we will do, the, the goal to me is, how do I respond and, and recover from it? Yeah. How do I come back? Because it, then it could be this whole scenario of I bring a trigger out in the open and I steer it towards my mate. They don't respond well. I then have to go, you know what? I don't feel bad for bringing it out in the open. That was actually a good integrity move on my part. Yeah. Because I'm trying to be genuine and upfront and open about this aspect of my life and share it and steer it to good things. I don't want stuff to go underground with it. Yeah, and I don't. Hopefully, everyone listening hopes that they they don't encourage something to go underground. Right? right? We've got right. to think about our response to a spouse who's trying to be real. Yeah, and think about how you how we respond if if there's an immediate um, 
uh, hatred was the word that came to my mind, but that's not repulsion. it. Repulsion or just getting mad right off the bat um, and maybe blowing up at it. That That's going to encourage things to stay in secret. Right. Well, and so here's where it becomes then on both sides. One is... How do we catch the meanings that I'm that I'm interpreting of what's being brought to me? If if my if my spouse is coming at me and they're turned on and it's not because of me, then how do I attach confront the meanings of that? Yeah. Of is does that mean I'm not the center of their universe? Yes, that's exactly what that means. But that's okay. They're the center of the universe. That's what they should be, right? right? Because it is an integrity thing on both sides of this equation. But on the other side. If I'm bringing something to my mate and they are repulsed or uh, turned off by it and they don't respond well, how do I not now go overreacting to their overreaction? Right. How do I still maintain, you know what? I'm okay with bringing this out. I'm op- I- I've done nothing wrong here. In fact, I'm actually kind of more proud of the route I'm on. Maybe you'll see it as such at some point. Yeah. Maybe maybe you'll get there too along this way, at some point. This is that part's just a long journey. It is to well, share together, but it can be so precious. When I think that's the lifelong part of our right. journey. That's yeah. the long game of married life. That it truly is because as soon as we think we got a stage figured out, life comes in and things change oh, and man. something doesn't work, and and you got to you know re reestablish and reconnect. Mm-hmm. No <laughs> I mean, kidding. <laughs> That's all I can say. No kidding. So it is just important. I, I, I'd love to hear what you think on this one too, from the listeners. Of what what was, how does this strike you? What would be, if you're bringing a trigger out in the open, what are the pitfalls? What did we miss? But then also, what what can it what would it produce for you? Yeah. What pitfall have you seen? Mm-hmm. And what has it produced for you in a positive way as well? Yeah. Because I think that this is a powerful way to really utilize the relationship for good to develop both integrities. This has been Sexy Marriage Radio. Whatever you've been doing, wherever you are, thanks for taking some time out of your day to spend it with us. We'll see you next time.